about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Welcome to uh, the latest episode of Worst Gig Ever. Mike Pace here. Jeff Garlock here. A very fun show today with uh, Jared Warren of the band's Big Business, Melvin's Carp. Tight what? bros from way back tight, when. The tight whip. bros. You guys uh, are kind of tight bros yourself. I love that you guy. Got, you got some uh, history with him. Yeah, he, did some tours with his band. So. Yeah, he talks about uh, some really great stuff about playing really heavy music in a scene not necessarily known for heavy music. Of course, accepting bands like Nirvana and uh, Soundgarden and all that kind of stuff. Great pronunciations on the uh, the Sub Pop <laughs> label. So it's a it's a really interesting, uh, fantastic interview. Uh, we also have a bonus guest interview here. Can't with, believe, this is great. I can't believe we got I, this, this. Is this is this is a coup for the show? It's with the son of Ian Anderson, who was the singer and flautist in the very popular progressive rock band Jethro Tull. Love, love, thick as a brick. Thick as a brick, great record. His name is uh, Skippy Anderson. Before he comes in, though, we only have two microphones today, yeah. so we, Jeff we playing ahead. So I'm gonna go get him. Uh, no. Jeff, get out of here. Get out of here. Skippy, Skippy. Skippy welcome to uh, to worst gig ever. Yeah, yeah. Just sit right, just sit right, sit, sit right, right here. You're right. talking oh. to the microphone. Right. It, uh, Hello. I know Jeff was yes. really excited, as was I, to have you on the show today. Fantastic. Um, Jethro Tull is is one of our favorite bands. Uh, Ian Anderson really kind of molded that group. And the fact that you're his son, I mean, this has got to be something that really cast a shadow over your entire life. Are, are we only going to talk about my father's band? Nothing well, but I mean, it's, I think it's important to establish that you're his son, that you also have, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you have somewhat of a musical career, you also play the flute? Uh, I, I, not by choice. <laughs> I, I learned when I was a kid, but I, I, I never play. I, I hate the instrument. Okay, that's, I mean, I, I find that hard yeah, to I, I have to say, actually, I don't really like music either. Uh, I couldn't stand Jeff Tull. I have many issues with my father. That, that's uh, shocking to hear. I mean, okay, that's shocking to hear. What do you think about a record like Aqualung? I, again, I, 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 I thought I was going to answer any question that did not have to do with Jethro Tull. I thought you just wanted to talk to Rick... Rick Anderson, which is what my friends call Skippy, was a terrible hippie name that my father gave me. A so your father, Ian Anderson, of the band Jethro Tull, probably uh, yeah. recording Him 43 or something. Let's call my kid Skippy. What, what do you think of a record like uh, Thick as a Brick? Again, I, I really would prefer we could talk about anything else. We could talk about, uh, we talk about uh, chip shops. Talk about uh, lifts. Okay, so, so I, I'm we'll, lift operator. I mentioned that. Uh, that's what I do for a living. So you didn't. Uh, you're not. You're not in music. You're no, no. We're not actually not allowed to listen to music uh, at the at the uh, when we're operating on lift. lifts. It is strict law in the UK. Do not listen to music. So we there's no there's no flautisting going on there. That, that much. I find that really interesting. I mean, uh, Jethro Tull uh, is a band that kind of permeates every facet of London living, and that's fine. But I don't want it permeating any part of my life anymore. Uh, I, I, I've got to tell you, if, if we're going to keep on with this track, then I, I'm just going to have to leave. No, no, okay, okay. Uh, last question. Um, the Jethro Tull Greatest Hits album uh, is called uh, MU. Right, right. Why is it called MU? Yeah, no, no, that, I, I'm sorry. I, I, we're going to have to okay, wrap this up. Okay, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I should have been briefed before uh, the show. You were Operator Lift right. in the UK. You love chips. I understand oh, that your real name is Rick for some reason. For the listeners out here today, just just do us a, a favor. Give me a little flute solo. Come on. I see you brought it. or uh, I see you brought it. Just give us a little something. I, I swear I... One solo, and then we never One speak solo. of it again. All right. <laughs> that 
That, are you happy now? Skippy, thank you so much for being on the show. Make sure you don't trip over that vat of boiling acid on your way out. Oh, oh, oh boy! Oh, brother, Skippy! Can't believe he died in that acid, but thank God we got that last flute solo. Gotta out of watch him. out for that acid bath. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so, here, things. without any further ado, we have Jared Warren of Big Business and all those other great bands. Lots of them. If you were seven, remember any of them like you for some reason. Remember uh, worst gig ever uh, dot uh, uh, tumblr dot com. Right? Worst gig ever <laughs> podcast dot tumblr dot The email is worst gig ever at gmail.com. Like Go us on, to iTunes. on iTunes. Like us in comments and all that jazz. You're gonna like the way you look. We gotta get a, a cleanup crew in here. All right, let's do that. <laughs> Faster noise there, and wood took two hours to set up. Why wood? I don't know because he was like like just sitting because he's never played an SVT full stack before (laughs) in his life. Wait, he's been doing it his whole life. I don't know what he was doing. There was like some noise guy, of course. It was obnoxious, and then I was like, oh great, they're gonna start up. Like it's actually pretty early. He's fucking laying chords out like very precisely. Setting up lights weirdly. So weird. uh, I it took us like straight two hours, and I talked to like Will from fucking Orchid or somewhere like in mm. Connecticut or Amherst, and they're like, "Yeah, no, I did the same thing every show. He's been taking two hours to set up. What? And it was like so in weird. a shitty warehouse. Like, I mean, like it's a good place, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was like, fucking a man. And he's sober and stuff these days yeah. too. So it's that's really what I was not really like, Your brain excuse. should be fucking. Yeah, he fire should. it. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, they were awesome when yeah. it started, but you know, whatever. Is <laughs> this is bastard noise? Not man is the bastard. It was bastard noise, but bastard noise is basically man is the bastard, but just with wood now. Wood. It's good. Wood. Wood, W-O-O-D yeah. W O O D W O O D W O U L D. Excuse me. Walt. Yes. Yes. I remember when we played when Orchid played our last shows. Kent from Ebullition told us that he was supposed to tell the East Coast that the bastard was back. <laughs> because Wood had just like cleaned up at that point. And they can't start telling us some weird story about finding him in a gutter doing some drug I'd never even heard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're rolling. Yeah, we're, we're going. rolling. And we're going to actually cut all that out. No, no, I don't no, think no, anybody cares about there. Wood. Uh, hi. Jared, hi. welcome hi. to Worst Gig Ever. Welcome, it's, buddy. It's great to be here. It is. Thank you. It is. Thanks. Uh, um, I love this guy. Oh, I love yeah. this guy, too. I've only known him for a couple of minutes. But uh. Uh, but yeah, Jared's from... Uh, currently, you're in Big Business. Mm-hmm. You're in Melvin's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were of- in Carp. Mm-hmm. And the whip, mm-hmm. and tight bros from way back, back when, when. Mm-hmm. and Go on. white shit. Yes, and that's it, right? Wikipedia and more, maybe. There. Yeah, there's a bunch of other. Yeah, other those, shit. Those are the bands of note. Those Welcome the to the green room, <laughs> Paul Provenza. You played last night. We did. Big business played last night in New York. In New York City, good show. It was a good show. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the DJ that came up after with the saxophone and the bullshit. Yeah, that was kind of a drag. Well, <laughs> we were joking. We were making leaving jokes, of course. That, right. You know, what if these guys have ever heard leaving? <laughs> Which they probably hadn't. No. I'm sure. The saxophone assume, no. beats combo is one that's got a lot of promise, I think. The saxophone for, yeah, point in the For some super, point in the sure. future. Super fresh, original so, yeah. idea. Someone's John Zord's gone through most of those ideas, and we're all tired of them. Oh, I didn't tell you about the load-in, which well, was <laughs> almost more ridiculous, <laughs> easily more ridiculous. When we got there, there was uh, a teen sensation, like a heartthrob kid, <laughs> 14-year-old kid named yes. um, uh, Ryan Beatty is his name. <laughs> I don't know who he is. <laughs> like, If you're a 14-year-old girl, you know who he is, I right. guess. Um we're, we're having him on next week. Ryan Beatty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Used, oh, be ba- used to oh, be in Used to be in Bastard Great. Noise with Woods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was he was uh, doing whatever he he does, singing, I guess. And so the sidewalk was just when we went to load in, it was just full of moms mostly <laughs> waiting for their teenage daughters to come out of this. Every time the door opened, just <laughs> just 
Beatlemania, you know. <laughs> Beatlemania. Beat, thank you. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm really slow. Sorry. I haven't finished this coffee yet. Um, there we go. But he, uh, so the guy, door guys were just like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. Like when this show gets out, don't bother coming back for another half hour. Right. So, so we did. And then when we got back, it was still a total mess. Like, but then it was just teenagers all on the sidewalk waiting for him to come out. Uh huh. So like, fuck. And so finally we get, we push all these girls away and <laughs> managed to kind of nose our van in there. And across the street was his, uh, his van, like his transport van, some limo service van, you know? Uh, but we have a 15 passenger van as right. well. And so we pulled up and he came out and he thought our van was his <laughs> van. And so he starts. To the club. Yeah. Well, he starts to so the back was already open because we started loaded. All of a sudden it's just screaming. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and he comes around and he kind of like goes to get into our van. I'm like, this isn't your van, buddy. <laughs> and g- girls are just swarming him and touching his hair. And he's just. Mm. And then he finally gets to the. To, oops, shit. Finally gets to his van and gets in, and the girls are just because then we want it to his spot because right. they've got a rad spot. Like <laughs> sure. Right so we're just waiting for their stupid van to, to go, and and um, these girls are you know writing "I love you" in in the dust on the van and stuff. And so we start writing drugs, farts, and, <laughs> and uh, I start demanding my money. He's like, "I want my fucking money, Brandon." <laughs> Calling him the wrong name. Right. <laughs> money you better have my fucking money <laughs> and it was weird because there were like tons of adults and like parents around but nobody like was disturbed that there's these full-grown weirdos that are just very tall fan out with, yeah and we're like in the mob with these girls and no mom thinks to take their daughter out of this scene not to mention it's in the middle of a busy not right. a busy street but a street where there's traffic. Let me. So, let up enjoy. was this yeah. kid playing downstairs or the or the? Upstairs? No, he was playing the yeah the Shitty studio. Showcase. See, the, yeah. this is what is fascinating to me is this is obviously like a teen star on the rise. Oh yeah, yeah. So when you're like a young fan and you get in, this is like the equivalent of being into a band See before they were cool. Yeah, this is the equivalent yeah. of seeing him at yeah. ABC No Rio, yeah. you know, play. I got like, to see him when it was only at Webster but it's, Hall. But the weird thing is is that he's obviously being pushed by some kind of promotion team. You mean label. exploited. Or, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. Uh, he's, he's actually playing with the exploited. Mm-hmm. <gasps> there they are. The? We'll get back Hello. to media in a second. Oh, Jared, this is Kim. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. This is Baptiste. Hello, Baptiste. Hi, buddy. That will edit out. Yes, perfect. Um, but right at your killer exploited joke. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. Uh, he, he, he can hang out. But the, the fact that the the pop star on the rise, sure, like that idea of like, like I remember when I worked at this uh, this this TV studio for a while, and at one point we had this young singer named JoJo. Coming. Uh, they were they were grooming JoJo to be like I was just talking about JoJo next... yesterday. Okay, she was so... in the movie RV. <laughs> she was directed by Barry Sodenfeld. She with, with Robin Williams. Go she on. She played the... out with Jeff. <laughs> played the young the young daughter in RV. Yes. Um, but they were clearly grooming her to for the ascendancy, and that never happened. Right. So I wonder if uh, Devin Beatty, uh, which is not his name, is going <laughs> like to it. at some points. Be, you know, be huge, and you can say, you know, I knew this him could back be when. your. I picked on him yeah. back when. There you go. You wrote fart 13. on his, uh, yeah. on his fifteen. Yeah, I had nothing. When I worked at Arista Records, I had a lot of those fucking bullshit showcases I had to go to. Yeah, where constantly. I just wanted to like give them a card, like just like, sorry, you're not going to make it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they all were thinking they were, and it was just like, Thanks you know, trying. shitty pop punk band That's... named Wakefield, and like. The, the half brother of the lead singer of Korn's band. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I guess that's a relationship you can exploit. Go nuts. I yeah. do like the idea of making printing up business cards that actually <laughs> yeah. say, yes, sorry, <laughs> you're not going to make it. Sorry, kid. You don't have the stuff. So, Jared, I remember going back years, uh, going to see Carp mm-hmm. play at uh, Brownies in New York in 1998, but you guys didn't play. The show was, uh, okay. I was in college at the time, mm-hmm. and I remember Carp was playing with the Transmageddy, who may have just been the local band playing mm-hmm. the show. I, I guess you guys probably weren't touring. But you guys did not play the show. 
Do you remember uh, that at all? What a worse gig. Well, <laughs> it was. There was Didn't no even fucking play. I, th- I think I, people probably got word, and then nobody was there to watch the trans Maggetti. That oh, sounds like a lot of Panther shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, since it didn't happen, I don't have much of a memory of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we. I think our last tour was... We canceled. We ended up canceling our last tour, like, halfway through. And then... Uh, well, that that might have been. It probably was that. Yeah. I would imagine uh, for the yeah. the last the last record. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, it was just yeah. We I think we got as far as Denton, Texas, no Lubbock, Texas, on that tour, and that was it. We uh, tour with Young Pioneers on that tour. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think they. I think they may have played. Yeah, I think they they kept going. the show. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, uh, uh, how wait, how old were you when Carp uh, disbanded? Mm, at that point, so it was like twenty. Four-ish. Okay. So you're still in that. I mean, wait, when you were in Carp, uh, which was fantastic band. Thank you very much. Uh, little known fact, when Panther started, that was what me and Selene, that was one of the bands we would be like, oh, we should, pro- we should sound like Carp. And then that never happened. <laughs> but, you know, other people had different ideas. But that was one of the names that would come up with the two of us. All right. Because uh, we were just like, you know, we we're just thinking of like bands we wanted to sound like that didn't sound like our band. Right. Um, but, um, uh, so, we, you know, at that point, like, it, when you were on tour, did you see it as, did you see the shitty shows or did you still have that kind of semi, you know, wide eyed, like, I love playing shows. Were we aware that we were playing in a shitty, crusty punk basement? Right. And that (laughs) our backs would hurt in the morning and we weren't eating good food? And maybe it was not exactly the dream I was thinking. I was totally aware of that. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) But not the, but when you're in your early, you know, late teens, early twenties, you're not, you're resilient. Right. You're, you're. Yeah, I guess it was when I was trying to think of like, you know, I was always like, aware of when a show was miserable for me yeah but it also felt less miserable than a miserable now like because i was just like oh like this is just it there there was always something to look forward to either maybe the next night or where you were staying or eating or at least something you know right the show only lasts so long right that you know you know it's going to be you're literally starting to count down how many songs you've left let's cut this one you know blah 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 how could like Right, Let's exactly. Drive as far away from this place as we can before <laughs> right. to find a place to crash. Maybe a dent in Texas if you hate playing there, yeah. or uh, you know the rubber gloves. Rubber gloves. <laughs> Do yeah. not like that place. Nice, um, nice little black uh, box. So yeah. So then. Uh, so yeah, you did Carp for a while, mm-hmm. and you toured a fair amount with Carp. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. How many tours do you think? Oh, I don't know. Um, we did. You know, we do at least one, probably two national tours a year. Right. And then probably like, it seems like we toured like two or three times a year. Right. Like less than I do now, but, but sure. Um, but, uh, uh, I think for that time, probably a lot more considering there weren't cellular telephones. And yeah. Right. So you're doing a lot of this like or you're doing a lot of the, the booking of these tours. Were you guys booking yourselves for a while? Uh, I, I booked a couple tours, yeah. but we had people, um, our record label at the time had, Kay had, uh, at times people on staff that were the bookers. So that was really helpful. But yeah, I mean, you know, that was when there was it's all $500 phone bill, yeah. you know, right. just to book your tour. Well, right. this, uh, go, getting into the K thing for a second, cause this is the, this is the thing that kind of always fascinated me about you guys when I first heard about you when I was, I think, probably a freshman in college, mm-hmm. um, uh, through friends that were into a lot of, like, indie pop and K stuff, and seeing that you guys were on K Records, which isn't necessarily a label known for incredibly heavy It's not stuff. known for that No, <laughs> So, <laughs> for the listener, the antithesis you know, yes. of that is what they So, I'm for. really curious about how that came to be, and kind of like, you know, what was going on in the Northwest around that time, because uh, compared to, you know, Jeff and I coming from like East Coast and there's, there's this a million bit, hardcore labels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, how, Too that, many. I always thought that that was so cool that you guys were on K and then even kill rock stars. Like talk, can you talk to that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, it was mostly a matter of convenience ultimately and being young and naive and not really, I don't know, you know, when you're, 
17, 18, you're not thinking about, oh, I mean, well, like ideally, like if, if we had had a choice or if somebody had asked us, like we w- would have loved to have been on AMRAP or something right. like that, you know, like that would have been our label of choice, but we had no idea how to do that stuff. Right. And we thought, we, we thought, I think, I think we thought it was kind of corny to send out a record sure. to try to get a deal. Yes. Like you just wait for somebody to ask you. Yeah. And so when you, in a small town like Olympia where there's basically two labels, there were other, there were other smaller labels for sure. Um, but for a town that size, to have two like pretty at, in that scale, uh, record labels, um, I don't know. We just didn't know any better. Yeah. And all the bands, all the, our friends' bands were on K, K or Kill Rock Stars. And so it just. Well, cause it seems like it were, I mean, it was a local scene. Like that was, that was, that just yeah. happened to be what your but it, local it was, scene, what, like that's who was around it's, you. It's yeah. also a testament to kind of like the power of the labels at the time because the, the kids that introduced me to Carp weren't like punk kids. Right. They were kids that were into stuff like Unwound. Right. But then, you know, whatever, Tiger Trap or like, right, you know, right. it's, it, it ran the gamut of right. things and it was like, like almost indie rock and it's all encompassing thing. Yeah. Cause I remember you guys were on that, that international pop overthrow comp. Right? Underground. Yeah, Underground, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, oh, it, I don't know if we were on that. The one. orange one? There's an orange one? Yeah, that was, was, like, that, was the yo, that was the yo yo. Okay, yeah. Yo yo, uh, similar yeah. festival to the IPU festival, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I always thought well, that, yeah, that. I think, I mean, I know for me, like growing up, like, especially, like you said, because we came from the East Coast, like, I felt like it was very delineated here. Like, in, like, it, in, in my brain, I was like, oh, well, that's how they do things over there. Like, where, like, it's like indie rock and, like, hardcore and, like, kind of melts, can a little bit, like, all, everything kind of melds and everyone's just friends. But, like, we're here. Yeah. Like, I really, it was just like, no, you're into hardcore. Like, that's it. Like, you do that. Like, yeah. keep Super Chunk out of here. Like, get out of here. Like, you're 15 <laughs> and you like the Lemonheads. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, whatever it is, you know. It was very much, like, I remember, like, college was the first time for me, definitely, where yeah. it was like, you know, now it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to hang out with uh, indie rock kids yeah. now. Like, they, that's what they've decided they are. Yeah. And I guess, like, oh, fine, I'll take my defenses But I, I think that that's also... Uh, again, testament to the time and the power of of labels, and uh, like I think today it doesn't exist. Sure, really, yeah. Kids are kind of into you know these fucking kids today. Uh, yeah, God. exactly. A bunch of fucking idiots. For the listener, I'm raising my fist Brandon in the sky right now. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, but the, the, I think he's on Hydrahead, right? I mean, they're yep. like, yep. There was, I think, uh, um, Olympia. Well, like Olympia Portland was kind of unique. Play because that that scene there was a big hardcore scene in Seattle certainly right mm-hmm. um, a lot of you know they were straight edge there was a big straight edge scene up there and stuff and like a lot of friends from fucking Brotherhood the man Seattle East Side crew mm-hmm. um, um, like Undertow and, and yeah. bands like that that um, that would like pass through like so there was and then like farther down the coast you had the Gravity record scene right. and you know uh, all the, the power violence stuff and so. We grew up with all that stuff, but we lived in a town that was, you know, full of uh, wieners. You know? right. <laughs> right. No, but Wienerville, it, yeah. But no, but it was like kind of a, a very idealistic, it's a liberal arts college town. It's um, a state capital. There's uh, an army base that's half an hour away. Right. Um, it's in the middle of the sticks. Like, it's a really weird combination of, of uh, people and... Um, and it's kind of far away. It's kind of isolated. But at the time, every band in the world stopped at Olympia to right. play a show. So, I mean, I saw, you know, in my formative years, I saw, you know, it was when you'd go and see any band that was playing. Sure. And so, it, and every band was playing. And so it was just, wow, okay. And so at the time, I just didn't really have any concept of, of like, the specifics of the scene, like right. subgenres. Sure. Of, of, it was just like, well, I don't know. It was what your world was. Yeah. Because that's really definitely, I, I would think about that even Connecticut, like, you know, like depending on what side of Connecticut was, when I look back, I'm like, oh, the smarter shows were here. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. in my neighborhood, it was like, I saw 25 to life. Right. And like hate breed. But I mean, a lot. but it was even and like thuggy hard. Well, that's like the thing. Madball coming through, but Madball wasn't coming through. Like Studio One Fifty Eight area, where it's like, oh, that's like if I lived there, I would have been a different person. But right. it was, it I got down to the now. point where it was like, on the East Coast, it was like you were either into like thuggy hardcore or smart hardcore or pop punk, right? Or like, but you know, to be into all of them was like, 
about oh my god right? this guy is such an open-minded right you know dick real open-minded <laughs> get the fuck out of here wiener <laughs> but let me ask you then this the affiliation with k and kill rock stars did how did that affect did could you tell like did would people like playing shows with other heavier bands was there any kind of I don't, know, I don't know. Friction is too much of a word. But did the, was there an association between Carp and K and what that label kind of was about that affected you guys? Yeah, I think so. I mean, ultimately, we had had we been on a you know a, a more hardcore label or lived in a, a place maybe on the East Coast, I don't because we did have a lot of indie rock fans. We had a lot of like cardigan sweaters at our shows yeah. and stuff like that. Like that was. We kind of, at the time, we were we were kind of not into it, and mm-hmm. we we were aware that it was weird for us to be on K, just in terms like musically, you know. But it seemed like with like the International Pop Underground Festival, the Yo Yo Festival, where like all these different bands would come and play these festivals and you know all the different shows, that it kind of. Um, we were making fun of all of it, <laughs> so it didn't yeah. really matter. Like we, um, so yeah, I'm sure it did affect us in terms of like who, you know, when we would go on tour, who would show up to our shows because um, it wasn't just hardcore kids. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, but I think that's kind of true across the board, though. It seemed to me like touring at that time that it was while there were obviously scenes that were uh, genre specific, it seemed like in Olympia anyway. Uh, you could go to a show and there would be a ska band and then, uh, you know, like a riot girl band right. and then, you know, whoever. Right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't see, it wasn't that weird. Nobody watched the ska band. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they played in theory, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, there was, you'd have really weird mashups of shows like that. Right. And it was just kind of, eh, I don't know. Yeah. So given all of the, 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 the things that go into carp touring in the mid, in the mid to late nineties mm-hmm. with, with no internet, with, uh, uh, the label with, with where you guys are located, is there, is there a worst gig that comes to mind from, from those days? Uh, Hmm. Shitty crust punk house. Well, uh, we all, oh, you know, we played this this ska show in Dayton, Ohio once. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like, we, it was at this kind of sports bar place. It was in a strip mall. <laughs> and I don't know if we'd ever been to Dayton at the time. <laughs> and we sort of playing. It was a ska festival. And then us in the middle. Oh, a full festival? Yeah, well, even, I mean, like. Yeah. Eight bands. A lot of ska. Yeah. A lot of ska. And yeah. us. Yes. And so we played our show, and it was just a miserable... Did you try to think of a way to fit ska into your name? <laughs> Scarp. 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 Yeah. Oh, That's like how you... right there. There is a band called Scarp. Actually. Yeah, there is. They're not a ska band. No, they should um, have been. They blew it. They're not, they totally blew it. <laughs> they really blew it big they time. They really blew it. Um, uh, Wait, was it a place where you played... Uh, the stage was right up against the window, looking out onto the street. So you, your back was to the street. No, okay. Did you, did you I played one of us? one of the worst Oxford Collapse shows was in Dayton, Ohio, oh, um, really? and it was at a place I think that was also in a strip mall. I imagine a lot of bands, but were it, it, that was a, that was a rough one. Yeah, I guess that show it wouldn't. The experience is memorable because it was so weird. Right. I don't know that it was really like our most terrible show. The the, but it's a bummer. I know for But me, it's a bummer. Yeah. When you when so you're you on tour up. and you halfway th- like show up like you're like maybe like halfway through the tour and yeah. you show up and you're just like, "Ugh." Well, and you know it's This is what I'm doing like, tonight. Oh, yeah. so you knew this one was going to be a ska fest from the uh from the beginning. Well, I don't know if we knew that, uh-huh. you know, in advance, but you know, certainly once we got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of telltale signs that this was a, a, a ska Oh my god, my ears. I'm going crazy. Yeah. Spenders. Yeah, yeah a lot of plaid. Pie hats, yeah. <laughs> So I got was, this new look. It's called Two Tone. Yeah, I get it, brother. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if I thought about it, I can think of, you know, certainly more terrible shows that were either more physically painful mm. or. Uh, that one sounds painful. terrible to me. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, for me, like, also, like, you know, we did. How many tours did we do? We did maybe with Panthers and Big Business, we did two or three. I think we did tour, two. A couple, anyway. Maybe. Yeah, either way. But that was one of the things, like, for me, like, 
I, like I loved playing in Panthers, but I hated most of the bands we played with. And like right. I remember, Big Business was like that was one of the first tours. I was like, finally, like we're doing a tour that I'm fi- like good with. Uh, in that, because that's a huge thing. Like at a certain point, like you know, oh, touring with bands you don't like, yeah, yeah like if or you're playing t- or with bands you don't yeah, like. doing yeah, either, that's a like nothing but strong local draw. That's yeah. all bullshit. Yeah, bands or yeah, you're on tour. BLD. with like, a band that like big local yeah, draw. Yeah, exactly. BLD. They're great. Um, or yeah, you're touring with bands that you know you like. Maybe like like that helps too if you you know person. But like when you're like oh musically and. You know, emotionally, I like these, but that helps when you're stuck in the middle of. Oh, totally. Like I was like, it wasn't a terrible show, but like I was thinking, like I thought of last night when we played at North Star Bar. Mm We were on some tour, and I remember like the main thing was was... they wouldn't give you water for some. I was just telling that story just the other day. (laughs) God, that guy was such a prick. Yeah, we played at North Star Bar, and it was like. Fucking 105 degrees. Yep. It's one of the worst load-ins ever because there's like a trap door. Like, the like load-ins right you walk state. in the door. For the listener, yeah. this is the North Star Bar in Philadelphia. Yeah, in yeah, Philly, yeah. yeah. And the load-ins in the fucking, like literally there's some weird trap that opens up like from the yeah. street from to the, the street. End of the stage like you conceivably walk in with your amp and then fall down <laughs> right. like 20 feet. And it's miserable. It's like the setup. Because the stage is really high, and then there's kind of like a, it's so bizarre. It's such a weird shape. Yeah, because there's a balcony. Yeah, there's a that weird if balcony. you stand in the balcony, you're way too high. Yeah, because you're just looking yeah. at the top. The of stage is also really high. The stage high. is yeah, high, the so the stage if you're on the really, ground, you're yeah. looking up. It's really strange. Yeah. It's a sports bar on one side, so yeah. they got wing dings. In the I think they actually yeah. have decent wings, if I remember. I'm sure they do. Sure They're known for their wing dings. So, yeah, the uh, guy wouldn't give us any. Like it was so hot, it was ridiculously <laughs> hot, and the guy wouldn't just give us bottles of water. Like just give us some fucking bottles, no towels, no nothing. Just you know whole prick about it but then i don't think i've ever told you this we played there again like a year later and kind of the same sort of treatment like we you know it's like oh this place again okay remember mental note remember to never book a show here again and then uh uh cody went to settle up and the guy was just wasted the same guy and settles up with him and he's like oh weird okay well that seems like a lot of money and we get home. And so like a couple weeks later, we get home from the tour and our booker calls us and he's like, yeah, I got a call from the North Star bar. And uh, I guess the guy overpaid you like 500 bucks or something. Um, do you want to pay that back? We're like, no, no way. Sucks to be him. Yeah, we will not be sending you a refund. It's our water price. bill. We will be, we'll be spending $500 on bottled water. Thank you very much. Uh, that one wasn't that, cause it was so fucking ugly. I remember calling my girlfriend and just being like, this, that was the first thing I said. I was like, I'm dying. I can't, yeah. I don't want to be here at all. And, no. and the other thing, at least for us playing Philadelphia, you're so close to here. It's like, right. I just want to get, that's why <laughs> oh, yeah, Philly yeah. is just, is just like, yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah. Uh, but I have to say that what you were saying about touring with other bands, thankfully in our case, for the most part, like, Almost everybody was cool. Right. Like, you know, even if we, we, we didn't like absolutely love the band's right. music, if you get along with people, like, that's, that's uh, 80% of the, of the band. It is. Being a good most band. of yeah. the tours I did, yeah. I think with, it was just for me, I was like, oh, great, like musically and, cause almost every other one was like, I love these guys. Like, yeah. so like, yeah. I could always be yeah. a, just like, hey, you look like you're having fun up there. Like, you know, like, let's talk about something that's not our show. Cause I don't think you like us and I don't think we like <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Like, let's just deal with it. But so, <laughs> I just, uh, I guess kind of one, one, one last carp question concerning that tour. The the split with Rye Coalition, mm-hmm. which I think might have been the first thing that I I had heard from you guys, uh, which was great. Did that come about uh, because you guys had toured with them, or what was the because that that seemed like it was a total Rye at least at the time. It made total sense for you guys to mm-hmm. to partner up. I think actually I can't really remember if it was if we decided to do the split after we played with them or if we didn't even really. I I feel like maybe we didn't know them before. Mm-hmm. We we met them through Mike Simonetti, who yeah. used to run Trouble Man or still does, whatever. Um, and we had, I think, on our first, uh, I was a roadie for Unwound on like uh, when I was like nineteen or something like that. Went on tour with Unwound, and we stayed with Mike Simonetti on that tour. And so the next tour, the first national tour that uh, Carp did, um, <clears throat> a couple months later. I, you know, managed to save all the phone numbers of all the people we right. saved so we'd have places to stay. And so I called Mike and, and we stayed with him. And so I can't remember if he, if we played shows with him before that came out or if we just did this, he asked us to do the mm-hmm. split and then we toured. But we did play, yeah. you know, a bunch of shows with Ryan. Cool. All good guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, just thinking now about getting people's numbers. Uh, and it, this can probably lead into also like playing shows with Melvins versus playing shows with big business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, like the past couple tours I did, I definitely was basically, I was more apt to get the hotel room. Uh, and because I got to, you know, the, I, I think like a part of the fun of touring when you were younger <laughs> yeah. was like staying at all your friends' places or oh, finding yeah, totally. places to crash. Yeah. And then as it kept going on, at least for me, and maybe you can speak to my how you feel back. about it, my back was really sick of sleeping yeah. on a floor. Bed bugs. Right. No uh, toilet paper. Why is there a crack pie? What do we with this guy? Is there one that comes to mind as being like the worst place you guys ever crashed um god or let me there's, let me there's let, a lot of them let me yeah. rephrase this uh, with with carp i'm assuming it was a lot of you know crashing with people we only crashed. yeah yeah, we never, yeah yeah it never even occurred to us that we could get a hotel right. room it well, never seemed money. like well, a concept because it, it wasn't really an option yeah right. there wasn't any money to do and so. it, it, well for me it was also especially in orchid it was the equivalent of uh like even out. when we had the money, it was the equivalent of, like, if the tour was doing okay, it was the equivalent of sending out something to AMRAP, where almost like it was like, no, it'd be like cheesy to get a hotel well, yeah, room. Yeah, no, you're we, selling we, out by getting like, a no, hotel room. this is room. what we do. Why would we get, like, that's stupid. Yeah, we uh, felt the same way, for sure. Uh, which is also why we had no air conditioning <laughs> right, right, right. At, in the van that could have yeah. been fixed for probably a couple hundred bucks. Right, right, right. Like, uh, it's just you stick to these ideals and you don't, you know, so at a certain point, you're like, wait a second. Why did I hold that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a really uh, the 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 place that comes to mind when I think of like really gross punk house uh, crashing at actually after that Dayton show, the, the Scott show, because <laughs> there was one kid who was there who came up because we were like, "What are we gonna do? Like, right. where are we gonna stay? None of these ska guys are gonna offer us a place to stay." And there was would you say kid. something from stage like, "We need a place to to stay"? Yeah, and the, that yeah. too, which you never hear. Did like, you have a go to? Did you have like who was the point person? In any of your bands, because we had Jay, Jay the singer Panther. Oh, I would, I would always be he's like, so charismatic. Jay, yeah, Jay, get on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go by the merch and sulk. Like, we'd, you talk to someone. Yeah, we. I don't know. We'd work it out. It just always seemed to kind of work. I think when you're young too, like that, like young shows, right? Like, people don't do it now because everybody at our show is 40 years old. Right. So nobody's yeah. like, exactly. want to stay with my wife and kids. Like, yeah. nobody. You right. don't want to stay with somebody's yeah. wife and kids. But when you're that age, it's just assumed. I don't know. I remember my parents going on our first tour. Like down the coast, like when we were like seventeen or eighteen, and <clears throat> it was like spring break of our senior year uh-huh. or my senior year. Those guys dumped out early, but um, just all the questions about like, well, where are you gonna play? Where are you gonna stay? Where are you gonna stay? It's like I don't know. People just offer you places to stay. Yeah, you just that's fine. Yeah. But the, so there was one kid at this Dayton show who, real dopey dude, who comes up and he's like, hey, you guys need a place to stay? I'm like, yes, thank you. Awesome. He's like, you want to go? I'm like, yes, let's leave right now. <laughs> and so we ditched the show and, and I don't even remember if we got paid or anything. Anyway, so we're getting direction, going back to this guy's house and he doesn't know how to get back to his house. Like he would drive, he's like, oh yeah, I think you should turn, you should have turned right back there. Like, well, you need to tell us before because we're not mind readers, you know. And so eventually we kind of make it back to his, like his neighborhood and he's just, it's so weird that he just doesn't, he's not familiar with his own neighborhood. It was really bizarre. And so we're obviously like, it's already a weird scene and we're sketched out like, who is this kid? Is he like, does he have mental problems? What's his deal? And so we finally kind of get back. Of course, we get really close to his house and we miss some like driveway. Like there's a vacant lot and then a hill with some driveway or something. He's like, oh, that was it. And there was a cop that had been following, like, was behind us. And so we pulled over real quick when we missed the turn. Um, and so the cop kept going. And then we did this U-turn, went back. Well, of course, the cop, you know, like, they hit out. And then they <laughs> followed us and to find out what we were doing. And so Ruben was driving. And he was driving the van up this hill. And they just whoop, whoop, whoop. And just these, I mean, they couldn't have been more stereotypical. Just real stocky military <laughs> cuts with uh, cigar butts in their mouths. No joke. Classic. Like, just like, oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> Hassle us for forever. Check our IDs. Like, really hostile to us. Turns out there had been, like, a cop had been shot there, like, on that block, like, <laughs> a month previous. So it was, they're really cracking down on just everybody. And so it was a really miserable experience. The cops were real jerks, as they are sometimes prone yep. to uh, being. And so we, we park and, uh, at the time, we had a, a van with like a big loft in it, and I was I slept in the van all the time. I was like, 
I was really angry about the whole, <laughs> you know, cop situation and everything. And so everybody gets their bag and they start going in. And uh, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to stay here. I'm just, you know, I'm going to pout in here and be angry. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, sulk in the van. I'm going to sulk in the van. That's it. Classic and van. So, sulk. Yeah, total, total <laughs> classic move. So they. So Chris and Scott go inside, and Ruben, and they, they go inside, and uh, Chris comes back out, and he's like, oh, man, it smells like the worst cat piss in the... Like, it's just everything is soaked with cat piss. It's the filthiest place I've ever seen. I'm like, okay, well, that seals the deal. I'm staying in here. I'm not even going to go inside. I'm going to piss outside. I'm going to brush my teeth with dirt. I don't care. I'm not going to go. I'm not going in there. You could probably still brush your the teeth with toothpaste. The only thing that could have gotten me out of the van at that point was this, uh, Chris comes back out like 10 minutes later. He's like, okay. You need to come inside. And I'm like, well, no way. It's well, like cat pissing. No, there's a, the, one of the roommates is this lady, and she has like this ridiculous bong, and she said she's going to smoke this all out. And whatever. I was like, okay, I'll go inside. <laughs> Twisted my arm. Yeah, yeah. So we, I go walk through the house, and there was no joke. It smelled so terrible. <laughs> and so it was the dopey kid that, that brought us there, and then this other dopey kid just sitting on the couch in the living room. <laughs> and then this woman who um, I haven't seen her since, but I've run into people who uh, – to have known her, this woman named Fred comes down and she looked like she kind of had like the riot girl style of the time with like girly barrettes uh-huh. and, and uh, like a you know plaid skirt, Got whatever. But she just like had huge dark circles and just looked like she had been like <laughs> drunk and up for days and just super badass. And just like, hey, how's it going? I'm Fred, nice to meet you. I'm like, whoa, okay. And she takes us up to her room, and her room is like the sanctuary. Like, it's clean and doesn't smell like piss and just huge bookshelves and record shelves everywhere you can see. She's got papers all over her desk with, like, physics equations and shit. Like, she's some crazy genius. (laughs) And she's like the house mother, the the den mother of these wild animal dopes that live there. And and she, (laughs) like, they come, she's like, go back downstairs. (laughs) It was so weird. And then... So she's like, so what do you guys want to do? And we're like, I don't know. Like, we'll smoke this. And she had this bong like this, uh, like uh, uh, it had like six chambers on it, like a gun or something. You just, like, click, 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 click. And so she filled them all up. And was like, we're not doing anything until that's gone. So we got really, really stoned, and we're sitting there, and so we're completely zonked out, sitting there. Like, well, what do you guys want to do? I'm like, uh, duh, duh, sit here, I guess. She's like, all right, that's it. We're looking at amputee porn and listening to Aerosmith. <laughs> So she puts on well, the old standard. Yeah, and she had a shelf like as big as that entryway right there, and it was just all porn. Like, <laughs> like she was a collector. Yeah. Like, right. You know, it was like racist porn, and you know, like really racist, yeah. like black and white Xerox. Uh, right. You know, like wanted, the good stuff. Yeah, like white man seeking submissive nigger bitch. Right. Like, oh my god, like so abrasive, you know? Right. And then amputee porn, and just like 3D glass. It was so. <laughs> We were right before you showed up. We were talking about the movie Eight Millimeter, the Nicolas Cage movie, oh, and Jeff right. was saying it's like, yeah, I mean, there's like bestiality is probably the worst, and then like really bad S and M, and we've just yeah, we've just crossed the line. We didn't even think about racist black, you know, photocopied porn or amputee porn. Really harsh, but yeah. So what turned out, you know, seemingly what can be like the worst scenario in the world can turn out to be Classic one night. of your favorite PMA, bro. Ever. Yeah. yeah. When it's you true. got a bog with it makes, six fucking... It is. But it goes back to what you're saying about being with people that you like. Right. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. includes the people that are in your band as yeah. well. Yeah, you know? definitely. I've always been really lucky to be in bands with people that I like that are very funny and and uh, and also tour with other bands that are... Yeah. I, I was thinking same. of one of the nicest places. I can't remember... I don't remember the show at all. It might have been the last show of one of the tours we did together. We were breaking off from you to go off somewhere. But I remember we both we stayed at some place that had a pool. And pool jazz, like, yeah, pool, and it was the best. <laughs> and that was the first place, also where you wait. Pointed. Was this someone's house? No, or no, no, a hotel, hotel, okay. hotel between yeah. like Philly and uh, Baltimore. Or something. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was before we went to Auto Bar. Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, because then we, yeah, we went to the fucking pool. That was the first place that you pointed out that I had a tramp stamp. And that for us, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, I do have a tramp stamp. What an asshole I am. Uh, and a straight we, edge tramp stamp. A straight stamp. edge That's tramp right. stamp. Uh, that either you or your brother Dusty pointed out. Uh, and then we went to TGI Fridays. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you pulled the nice move of buying us all stupid drinks oh, yeah. and all shitty apps. Because yeah. we got, like, the donuts. 
and like fucking like you know Texas Friday, the rolls. shitty app yeah. platter. It was the shitty app platter. <laughs> it was all chocolatinis. Yeah. But like I was like, I don't fucking remember the show at all. The show was like, I don't know. No, that's. But yeah, I, don't that I remember watching Jay with no shirt on, jumping into doing cannonballs, yeah. and then thinking about my tramp stamp. But see, that's there. that. I think is that's that's tour distilled down yeah, to like it is. the best because the shows are like. Like a great show is great. I mean, I mean, it's. I think it's hard to top sure. like a truly memorable, amazing yeah. show. Especially but for me, when you're not a rager, like I don't fucking rage. But it's I also it's like, like, like we brought it up. We brought it up before on the show. The Billy Joel quote, like, <laughs> "You can't go to sleep with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame." It's true. Man. Meaning that, like, and this is a weird anecdote, but like, you can have these accolades, and it's like, yeah, the show is great, but hanging out. And, you know, eating shitty apps and going swimming <laughs> is something that, like, it's because that can fun. happen again. Right. In a way. And maybe, and maybe the show can happen again, too. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost less personal in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah. we try to do more of that, especially on big business tours. We try to do, um, we try to do stuff like that, you know, to right. like, okay, we need to go swimming today or we need to do, we have the time. Let's go do something fun. Let's go to a park. Let's do whatever. You know, Oxford Collapse. There's only so many times you can drive. Oxford Collapse is the same yeah, way. Cause yeah. we would also have like a, you know, a day. Like let's treat ourselves like Kings today. Yeah. Yeah. Steak dinner. Oh, yeah. Let's go to a water park. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's like, yeah, you got everyone. Cause the thing is, it's or especially, I think when you were touring like at our level where it's like, it's about saving money. It's about crashing with people. Right. It's about, about, you know, you know, getting the van style, right. uh, jamming a cano, like you will, if you don't see the forest for the trees and realize that like, at least this is in our case where it's like, we're, you know, we're driving across America. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, right. Like, let's take advantage of it because, you know, the shows or that euphoria, whatever, from a good show really only goes so far. Sure. But hanging out at Theodore Roosevelt National Park in North Dakota Looking yeah. at Buffalo. That's a lifetime, yeah. brother. Exactly. <laughs> uh, when you're on tour with uh, Melvin's, is it a different? Are you able to do? Are you able to do more of that shit with big business versus Melvin? It's Melvin's. Are Melvin's more. bussing it at this point? No, oh. it's um um we do in Europe because it's only right. because it's ends up being cheaper. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, it, we don't use a bus in the, in the states. Oh, I mean Melvin's stuff is just more. I don't want to say it's like more of a job because that's not really not fair, but because um, they don't think of it that way sure. in terms of like, oh, this is my job and this is, you know, but um, but usually there's more people like involved, right? Uh, and so it's just more, you know, as opposed to a big it's business where we have the three of us and then like, yeah, Sean's doing merch, you know, right. and then big business or uh, Melvin's there's four of us and then plus you know sound, right. uh, merch and. Stage tech. Road. There's more people to take into There's consideration. There's more people, and then like you know, we do Melvin stuff. Often it will be, well, almost always. There's like a gear rental van that Buzz and mm -hmm. whoever else will drive, and then like a people moving van. So like, there's not as many. It's just more people, and there's yeah. just more logistics mm -hmm. to kind of keep you from getting to do something fun. right like time wise. It's not as much because if you're caravanning, you have to then convince like, hey, you know. Yeah. Big group of people. Let's stop at the fucking, you know, the right. weird spot in the middle yeah. of Nebraska. Yeah, like, yeah. Is there also a, del a delineation between big business is my thing? Yeah. These for other sure. guys and the Melvins is something that has existed for years. Totally. That I'm, yeah. I mean, not that we don't feel a part of the Melvins, but right. it's Buzz and Dale. Yeah. You know, like it will always be them. Like, and, and, uh, and so yeah, it's like, it's hard. What, uh, like show wise. Maybe you can speak, uh, like, you know, uh, the dip because with Melvin's, well, no, it was with Big Business, though, too. You did the tool shows, because I remember we broke off oh, yeah. that one tour, and you end up doing, oh, yeah, like, yeah, those kind of, you you were like, oh, we have to, like, cancel yeah, the rest of our we gotta tour. we got to do this other arena we'll tour real quick, arenas. and then we'll get back what to was the, the yeah, What was the experience? <laughs> and of, I would uh, get, like, texts from Dusty, your brother, <laughs> like, sitting in the hotel room, like, I didn't bother going. Like, I'm just talking to you Well, now. yeah, he didn't even have to sell yeah. merch. He, yeah. he, like, became obsolete. Right. Dead weight. Dusty being, just for the listener, Dusty Warren being your brother, uh, one of my favorite people. He's one a great of mine, guy. too. No, no, one of mine. Well, uh, uh, sorry. Well, fine. I won. I said it first. The idea, I mean, oh, at least in our case, opening for, you know, much bigger bands. And two, mm -hmm. I mean, two of those were what? What, like 15,000? Uh, like, those are big. Yeah, it, yeah. The tour we did with them was like their secondary market tour. Right. So okay. it was like places like 
<laughs> on the itinerary, it would say Chicago, but it was really the place. Rockford, Illinois. Yeah, it was like 30 miles yeah. outside. But it was so, still... What was oh, it, yeah, there was still, are, they were all like hockey arenas almost yeah. exclusively. Um, yeah, like by the time they would play, like there would be like 12,000. Yeah. Like and maybe 15 on a what, big what, night, but still, yeah. How would you characterize the experience? I just know from, from my experience opening, and we would maybe be playing, you know, f- uh, three to 5,000 seater, and it was still right. like... Way more people than oh, I've yeah. ever sure. played for. Yeah, yeah. And still, and this is in the UK, asking for a place to stay from stage right. <laughs> because we were getting paid $50 a night yeah. and they 80 hands go up. I'm so lonely. Um, but so, yeah, how was that experience of going over with tool fans and the interactions there? And, um, well, the whole, overall, it was great. Like, I, I, uh, we had already started, we were already like a week into a tour we had so you guys are, are well oiled well yeah and then we just got a call like you want to join our tour in a oh, week okay. like hardly any advance notice at all and uh i remember being bummed because i was going home to some shit temp job right and you were continuing <laughs> to play with tool i was like have a, fun and yeah. especially if, if you're a week into tour in that first week it's like ah, this is the promise of a new day things yeah, are looking yeah, yeah. good and then it's like oh you guys want to open for tool like for yeah i yeah. mean so the momentum just carries on yeah yeah but we had um melvis had toured with tool before so we knew what it was like they're like yeah if they offer you a tour um you should do it and buzz and uh, adam from tool are good friends and so he had like he was like I think they're gonna ask you to go on tour. I think mm-hmm. they'll ask you, but they'll they're gonna ask you like a week before it happens. So right. just be ready. So we were kind of like, well, it might, I don't know. <laughs> right. So it happened, and uh, um, I I was a little apprehensive because I you know I'd done tours with bigger bands and they, you, know, you don't get paid and whatever. Tool paid us an incredible amount of money mm-hmm. for for opening their show. It was really nice. Um, all of their crew was super nice. There was catering like twice a day. It was awesome like it was, yeah. it was incredible plus we didn't have to carry our gear they like dream come not yeah. not even just on and off stage but like we didn't put it in the van they, right. they yeah. put it in their semi trucks like yeah their, their, their stage manager was like yeah we're tired of opening bands getting their stuff ripped off at hotels we're just gonna carry all your stuff for you just put this tape on it and so we just had we're driving around an empty van got paid a good amount of money every night we're done by 9 p.m yeah. the shows were Pretty cool. Like we didn't. We'd heard some stories about like, uh, like DMBQ had been on tour with them, I think, mm-hmm. and gotten some not so awesome uh, responses. Um, and we like somebody else had opened for them, and we heard that there was some like. So we were prepared for like booing and like right. fuck you, bring to on tool, mm-hmm. but f- which by is and a large, crazy concept that exists in arena shows where people hate openers. Any show that like just like a nightmare. Well, because yeah. you're thinking about if there are that many people there, these aren't necessarily all discerning musical listeners. Who are really, ex- I'm really excited tool for things. the opener. They're not thinking you know, about right. that. The band that they love asked yeah. this band to go on right. tour with them because you, the listener, might be interested in the sound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And <laughs> tool now. Also, at least in our case, it was like the when we were doing big shows like that, it's like, and it was most, mostly a younger audience. And these, these kids were not going to be spending their 20 quid on an Oxford Collapse t-shirt. Sure. Right. Because they're going to get a We Are Scientist. You know, it's right. like they're like, so I, we're, we're, you guys were getting paid. Were, were, did you, did you notice, uh, con- like new fans after those shows? Yeah, very, very few, like yeah. small handfuls of people. I mean, by and large, um, well, we would, they would also sell our merch for us. And we had, I don't think they had to, you know, oftentimes when you tour the large band like that, they'll, they'll make you take a cut. match or, or, or match the, right. the prices. So you end up having to sell your, crappy $5 shirt for like 40 bucks or something right. like that. But we would always sell like, you know, three or four shirts and like a couple other things. And so it was not very much merch, but it was as much merch as you would, <laughs> money as you would yeah, get on out. a night where you sold a bunch of stuff. Right. And we didn't have to do it. And, right. And so the, the crowds were, we had a couple nights where there'd be like some kid in the front, fuck you or whatever, but it was, sure. and we, we play a, song, a few songs and generally people would like it. We had, but it was really fun playing in front of that many people. One of the last nights we played with them, we had the idea that it would be fun to have everybody boo us at the end of the set. <laughs> and so right before the last song, we're like, all right, thank you, everybody. Like, whether you love us or hate us, like at the end of this song, we want you to boo us just as loud as you can. Just the most venomous, just hissing, booing, fuck you that you can muster when we're done. 
And so we got to the end of the song, and I kind of like reminded people, you know, visually, like, remember to boo us. And so we get done, and we all just walk out front and take this bow in front of 10,000 people, <laughs> booing the shit out of us. It was so like awesome. It was such a, I wish I had, it was before, you know, smartphones. I didn't think to, you know, record it. Right. It was amazing. It was right. really incredible. And it really, um, the crew for Tool really thought it was pretty keen. We won them over for sure if we hadn't already. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I also, I mean, it, it really, that's the part that sounds the best to me is the crew loading. When you see like, how... When, being a bass player, when you look at your... Every night yeah. when I play a show, I look at it and I'm just like going there and leaving. I'm just yeah. like... When you see how the other half lives, how bands Sometimes. that are actually <laughs> making like... Real livings you doing this, dude. You're there, like, yeah. oh man, I this could I could get used to this. Oh man, it was it was awesome. If yeah. I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, like, our like everything we'd ever asked for, and our writer was there when we get there. Stack of fluffy towels, <laughs> like a shower, and yeah, and the catering. Like, cause you get there like 2 p.m. Right, and there'd be like lunch catering. And then it'd be closed for like half hour, and then dinner catering, <laughs> and just like, awesome spread. Like, yeah, and that's the time because we were also I don't know if 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 you get, if you guys are like this, we're like all right, we're in uh, Indiana, we got to check out there like the regional cuisine. Uh-huh. Like we would always hit up like all right, we're here, we got to try this thing. Sure, sure. But if catering was there, fuck that. <laughs> like, it was good catering yeah, too. Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, I'll pass. Were you able yeah. to go? Like, or were these places kind of in the middle of? nowhere a little bit like were you able to do anything on those sorts or were you kind of like not really because yeah because they were generally like kind of out of the way right like not because you also get kind of sucked into the schedule a bit you know yeah because they're all there. on buses and stuff so they're like you know load in was at like two or three every day and generally we kind of got the like any tour like where right. you're like they're not going to be done sound checking right. until six so yeah. we don't really need to be there till whenever right so it wasn't that bad because we were done by nine every night we just drive for like three hours and get a head start and so it really wasn't wasn't much mm-hmm. of a hassle at right. all that was the other thing i was worried about was having to drive like 12 hours overnight every sure night, you know but yeah it was it i remember you, i've talked about probably before but even that high-end fire tour we did the last one mm-hmm. like you know like they weren't in like a huge bus but the distances were enough that like it was like oh we've got two days off like to drive, yeah, forty-eight yeah. hours. Like that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. we're just driving. Like, we're just. We're just uh, so you guys yeah. played in New York, and then you played in Denver, right? right. And then we yeah. drove to Japan. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, at this point, uh, you're you're just playing. Like you're 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 able to just survive sustain on, my sustain. regal lifestyle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you wait, you live in Los Angeles now. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, you know. Partly, I know the answer is because you're able to sustain at this point. But you know, you you've been playing forever. Like, kind of what what keeps you trucking? Like with it. I don't know how to do nothing. Else. Oh, buddy. <laughs> well, but I mean, largely it's true. I don't. Right. I mean, I I could apply myself and right. go to school and get like, <sighs> but I don't really want. I don't want to do any of that I stuff. <laughs> um. So that's mostly it. I yeah. guess is you know more than anything it's like i like doing it and right. um yeah i really don't have any other truly marketable skills on paper well here's the thing i'll go off of that because uh, we also talk about comedy uh-huh. on this a lot uh and you know your brother uh does sketch stuff mm-hmm. and does comedy stuff uh but you're also a very funny man oh uh, get out of here but but I, I i i'm just saying but have you you know is that has that, uh, because I know also, like, you did, like, acting stuff, like, when you were, oh. like, younger in high school. Like, did that ever come up, like, in your life? Did you, like, you know, have you done, you know, do you think about ever kind of getting into, you know, doing comedy stuff? Like, yeah, you know? I do. I, I, I mean, when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do. Like, right. I was, when I was a teenager, I thought, or, you know, early teenager, being on Saturday night, SNL, as we mm-hmm. call it in the business, um, because for the listener. It's much easier to say. I'm so glad they ch- like somebody thought to do that. Right. Saturday Night Live does not. Wait, is it actually officially up. called SNL now? Well, I don't know. They just you know Every, it's, everybody so it's does. Yeah. To, but uh, yeah. what's his name? Don Pardo or whatever. It's, like, it's Saturday Night Live. He isn't even doing it anymore this season. It's Saturday Night Live. I thought that guy is like 90. He lives in Arizona, and he just they send him the names of the he's been stuff, and he records it. Years. Yeah, he recorded <laughs> the name of every celebrity yeah. and just, his larynx uh, is cryogenically frozen. There's somewhere. a big business one just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Big business. <laughs> <laughs> Who would yeah, host that episode? He just read every question. name in the dictionary, <laughs> yeah. every word in the dictionary. The butthole surfers. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh. And then they host, so he has to say it again. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the butthole surfers. <laughs> uh, Pepper. <laughs> Pepper, yeah. great, great call. Um, Wait, you can't gloss over it because you just said, like, you were an actor when you were. We, we got to right. just delve into that just a little. <laughs> Not like a child actor. <laughs> right. like you a were uh, you were the strokes. kid. Uh, you were the drunk kid. Uh, who Actually, drank no. all of Mr. Drum. That was David Mendenhall, uh, who was right. the kid from Flight of the Ma- Navigator and oh, Over right, the Top. You're right. Boy. He's uh, coming on the show next week. <laughs> of course. Uh, so yeah, I mean, have you I, you've have you done any of that? Uh, um, being in Los Angeles in too, life. the epicenter uh, of uh, not so much. Um, I haven't really had had too much time. Right. But my brother now lives in Los Angeles. Um, right, he's lived there for almost a year now, and so I think about it a lot more because now I know somebody who's you know intimately involved with that um, community of comedians and stuff. Is he a uh, UCB guy? Out no, he's a rogue. He's, he is a rogue. <laughs> he's an independent rogue. sketch contractor. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's in a he's in a group called the Riot Act. Or yeah. still, and then uh, he was doing All American Push Up Party. Yeah, uh, and Dusty was Warren, he in Flaming Boxes stuff? Yes, yes, he was in Seattle. Yeah, uh, very funny guy. I met him on the, the and we re- I realized like you know a day or two, and I was like, oh, you do kind, of, and then we bonded over well, being idiots. Let me ask you about this because I noticed on the Big Business website you guys got the Caldecott Medal for best band in L.A. Yeah, two thousand. That's a real thing. That is a real okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought the yes, Caldecott medal, medal was, does, was for it does books. something that exists. And I was thinking this is the greatest Photoshop ever. They make exceptions. That these guys, we're just the best work. band in L.A. Yeah. That's a nice accolade to get. Mm-hmm. Always nice. Yeah. <laughs> they sent us a Solves check. all your problems, Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Oh, you get a check for that, oh, too. Oh, yeah, huge check. <laughs> all right, so I guess that's enough about the Caldecott medal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But speaking of acting, and, I mean, it's a nice transition uh, in Very a way. Nice. There's a documentary mm-hmm. that came out earlier this year about Carp. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody, go see it. Thanks a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Segue. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, how does it feel to have a, a a documentary made about one of your bands? Uh, uh it's weird. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's flattering, of course. Um, the guy who made it, uh, Bill Badgley, is a guy, a friend who I've known for a really long time. Um, he plays in a great band called Federation X who are who have been playing shows again recently they were an estrus right they were yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um anyway but he approached me years ago about wanting to do it like that's his other passion is, is uh making films so um yeah i mean i don't know i didn't what do you say when so like no right. yeah <laughs> no you may not do that. i'm good yeah i don't know so um and it seemed like you know, he was enthusiastic and other people were enthusiastic about making it happen. So, um, but you know, I think he did a really good job. I think it's a good, a good movie. Um, obviously I have some bias, but, uh, is, is it available on uh DVD it yet? It sure is. It I is. think you can get it from, I think it's carplives.com. I think is what it is. Right. But, you um, should buy it or you can buy it from me. I have it, but yeah, everybody I have, I have, email I 30 copies at home if you want one. worst gig ever at Gmail. Jeff yeah. will lend you his copy. Yeah. We're just, yeah. it's a uh, part of our new service. Uh, we're doing here. <laughs> we have one movie. It's called terrible Netflix. Um, <laughs> Not uh, about the quality of the movie. No, just no. About the, it's the about quantity. my service. The it's going to be terrible. Like good luck getting it. It's when like, you request. We also have a copy of Halloween three, but you can't borrow that. No, that's, that's my personal that's fucking sticking with me. Um, uh, yeah, I think the carp doc is great. And I could also imagine it feeling awkward. Uh, yeah, it's awkward. Just, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. it's mo- mostly awkward. Um, he sent me a, you know, a copy before he started showing it in public. And, um, and so I watched it and I was like, oh, that's, you know, right. a really good job. And I was, it premiered in its LA premiere, uh, was happening. I was, in the Northwest visiting my mom and I had planned to fly down and then go to the, the LA, uh, showing anyway, there was a snowstorm and I ended up getting stuck and I couldn't make it back. And, but my girlfriend and a bunch of other friends mm-hmm. went to it and like, Oh yeah, it was really great. You know, it was tons of people there and there was a Q and a after and, and there were a bunch of people who really wanted to see you. And like in hindsight, I was like, oh, I'm really glad I didn't go to that. Right. That would have been really, I'm not, um, I'm not very good in like 
situations like that would you know yeah i would say that's why like i'm terrible at taking a compliment yeah or anything of that it. sort like i never it's really nice really, you know yeah. I, it's, it's, it's is awesome, it the type but, of thing that you you feel i mean how far removed do you feel from it because it's been a long time since the band existed yeah but, but, uh, uh i don't know i mean not terrible i mean most of the i'm in contact with all you yeah. know all those people for the most part um are still all friends and um but yeah i mean yeah obviously a bright kind of dug up a lot of stuff that I hadn't thought about in a really long time. And, and, uh, um, and also a lot of people like close friends, especially like in Olympia who, um, I don't see as often anymore or, or right. not as close to, but like started, you know, reaching out to me like, Oh my God, man, I, you know, forgot about all that. And right. I think for a lot of people anyway, that were involved, intimately involved in that, uh, uh, community, it was, you know, or really kind of heavy, um, well, because it, it touched on the the whole community itself too, which was not, I yeah mean, a lot, not even touched on. Like I mean, like it got into it in like the kind of perfect way, and like was yeah, like, oh, that wasn't you know, like I wasn't there, and I was like, that's a great scene. yeah, and like, I think honestly. That, that was really Bill's. I think his intention in making the film is that that it wasn't so much about you know for him anyway, and and I think he did a good job is that it's it's a story about like a community and a friendship, right. you know, and friendships and and, and stuff and. um because I think it's also like even it's even like one in my brain sometimes one of the purposes of even this podcast like it's like you know like you play like think about the tool shows like you know you're playing to a lot of people who like don't know about that kind of world you know mm -hmm. like don't know about that kind of community or like you know that music can exist in this kind of you know bigger scope or bigger scope in a smaller, smaller scope yeah. you know uh, and yeah I, I, I you know hey great job <laughs> so, <laughs> wrapping wrapping up Gold. a question that we do ask all of our guests here what do you think of the word gig 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 um, as in gigging I'm gigging <laughs> however, however you want to decipher that <laughs> uh, Although, we could take it I'm gigging tonight gigging could be gigging tonight Gig. I, that, I don't know. I guess I don't I uh, use it very often. Good, probably <laughs> or ever. <laughs> right. Unless, but uh, or only in a uh, sarcastic or uh, joking yeah. context. That's what we call in the biz the right answer. Yeah, good, good. I passed. <laughs> flying colors. So how 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 much longer is this current big business tour? Uh, about two and a half weeks, I think. Two and a half weeks, and yeah. then you'll be back just in, a little uh, over halfway in Los Angeles. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's 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 coming up in the near in the near future? Got some gigs coming up. Boom! Oh, <laughs> asshole. So that, on that man. note, Jared, I want you to get home safe. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Is that your? Is that your are you guys so sign weird. off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. will, will, will. <laughs> Worst gig ever. 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 ever.